clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Friends fortune. Here we go. Did not do well with the wide receivers, but I'm going to go running backs this week. I'm going to talk about one Mr. Todd Gurley, who people have been so down on. And I, I understand it. Actually, I don't understand it. I think everything's being overblown. I understand his injuries and what's going on with his knee. I don't think it's going to affect him this year. People are still down on him after this game. People talking about how McVay didn't use him in the red zone. I digress. Moving on. Talked about uh, must win game must win in quotes for for new orleans but new orleans gave up a lot of running yards to some backs that i don't think are as good as todd Gurley. first of all kudos to carlos Hyde though ran mad and i i like that but i'm going to say that todd Gurley, who averaged almost seven yards a carry at 97 yards on 14 carries and he turned it on in the fourth quarter this is a guy that didn't play in the preseason everyone calmed down he's a great player He's going to prove it this week when he goes in to New Orleans and is going to try to help his team win. They're not going to, but he's going to try like heck. And he's going to run for over 135 yards on Sunday. I'm going into unprecedented territory. I'm going for a round two because not only is he going to run for those yardage, he's going to catch at least 45 yards receiving for over 160 scrimmage yards. Mark it down. All right, folks, so we're going down to Miami. No, I'm not picking the Dolphins, <laughs> but I think it's okay. So I, um, Tom Brady is 8-11 against the Miami Dolphins. Miami is giving up 26.8 points per game since 2017. So that Miami defense is terrible. And the betting line for this game right now is 18 and a half points. For those of you who don't understand that, that means that the Pats are favored to win by 18 and a half points. That's the point spread. So, you know, when you pick to cover or not, my friend's fortune is that the Miami Dolphins are going to cover that spread and they're going to cover that spread even more. The Patriots will not win by more than two possessions. It's going to be 
at least a 10-point game or less. I believe in Brian Flores to motivate this team. I believe in whether they go with Fitzpatrick or Rosen. I think that this team is embarrassed. I think this team is, there's a lot of guys on this team who are very prideful. Well, we don't need to hear more of that. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch, ladies and gentlemen. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi, the only host for the evening. Sad because Mr. Joshua Lapping is not here. He is in Philadelphia. Going to Philly. Yes, Josh starts his master's program next week. I believe it's Drexler University in Philly. He's doing it online, so he has a week of residency this week. Just sort of meet his faculty, fellow classmates, get things settled, things like that. So you all get Adam. And Adam's upset that he was so bad at Friends Fortune two weeks in a row. Um, Clearly, the spread was not covered at all by the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) The final score of the game... If you're wondering, I can't even. 43 to nothing. The Pats dropped 43 points on the Miami Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins couldn't muster anything whatsoever. It was terrible. It was horrible. I felt so bad, and, you know, maybe I should just retire from Friends Fortune from now on because it's ridiculous. Anyway, Josh did not get his correct either, so uh, silver lining, I guess. Uh, Todd Gurley did have 16 attempts for 63 yards for about four yards of carry, and he did have a touchdown, and he only had three receptions. And it's not listing right here exactly how many yards it was, but on the year he has four receptions for eight yards, so it can't have been too much. Um, but this, excuse me, the Rams did win, so Josh was wrong on that as well. So they didn't need Todd Gurley to be insane he just needed to score that touchdown and move the chains every now and then so not doing so hot on friends fortune to start the year for either of us really but here we are as i said this is simultaneous catch my name is adam jeffrey rossi i'm the only host today and we're looking to get some guests on today we're looking at getting our resident Dallas Cowboys correspondent on in a little bit. We're going to have him to talk some Cowboys as they have started 2-0 and look hot as can be. Uh, Hopefully going to get my old roommate Drew on the line to talk about some Steelers football, which would be pretty cool. And hopefully we get Josh on near the end just so that we can do our pals picks, which Adam also stinks at. Actually, this podcast is just without Josh. It's just Adam saying how terrible his football theories are i'm kidding please do not think that because i want you to listen to the podcast (laughs) anyway so let's get right into it i'm going to do a rant rave recall and i'm going to do a rave and i would like to rave about my division champion pick of the baltimore ravens and i would like to rave about lamar jackson Uh, lamar jackson let me just read you the stats 71.9 completion percentage 596 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, 145.2 quarterback rating over the first two weeks. And not only that, he put on 120 plus rushing yards last week. It's unbelievable. And the the Baltimore Ravens are coming in hot. The Baltimore Ravens are a force to be reckoned with. And 
I picked them to win the division, and obviously I picked them before, you know, the Bengals started 0-2 and before the Browns got thwapped by the Titans, even though I thought that was a possibility, and I did pick that to happen. I obviously picked them before. We saw that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be down for the year. Hopefully we get to talk to Drew a little bit about that coming from a Steeler fan perspective. But, you know, I just I believe so much in John Harbaugh. I believed so much in Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I assumed he'd have 600 yards, seven touchdowns, zero picks, and 120 yards rushing in the first two weeks of the season. No, I wouldn't have predicted that. But I believed that he was going to come out hot and he was going to be good. And he's going to continue to be good. This offense is so difficult to stop. And we talked about this in previous episodes. We talked about the fact that you have Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill now, the rookie running back. I mean, you have a plethora of backs in this backfield for Lamar to run this RPO, read option, option action, and then you have Marquise Hollywood Brown who's lighting up the league. And what I loved the most about this game in week two against the Arizona Cardinals was that Marquise Brown showed that it was not a flash in a pan. His four catches uh, and two touchdowns in week one against the Miami Dolphins. He showed that he could be a receiver because I believe he had eight receptions. Looking this up right now. He showed, that, he showed that he could, excuse me, he could be a number one receiver in an offense. And that's something that not a lot of people thought he could do. So he, he had eight catches, I was correct, for 86 yards. And none more important than that final reception at the end of the game to seal the deal for the Ravens. And again, I expect this team to only get better, which is scary if if you're looking at what they are right now. But I mean, you know, and their their schedule does not get easier. In fact, it gets a lot harder this week. They travel to Kansas City, one o'clock game, this game of the week. I hope that Tony Romo's calling this game because I really want to hear Tony's analysis of Pat Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. It's amazing. I think these are the future of the NFL now that I recalled my idiotic take that Pat Mahomes was not as good as everybody thought he was. He is. Um, but I think these two quarterbacks future the AFC right here. And again, Baker Mayfield, yes. Josh Allen, of course, I would love that to be. But if I'm being totally objective, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, I can see this being a title game multiple times in their career before they're done. And it starts this week, and it's going to be awesome. And then they have the Browns, and the Steelers, and the Bengals, then the Seahawks, and the Patriots, so then the Texans, and the Niners, and the Rams. So they have a lot of tough games coming up. And the, the, the schedule does not really let up a ton. Now, obviously, the Steelers games look a little bit more easy, although they're high on Mason Rudolph, and I was super high on him. I like him a lot. Coming out of Oklahoma State, he was one of the guys that I thought Buffalo should look at if they didn't get Josh Allen. We'll see what happens with them. Obviously, the Cincinnati's got blown out by San Fran last week. I think that's more about San Fran being good, but they held tight with... Seattle week one, it was a 21-20 game. They had a chance at the end of it, so not an easy out. But uh, they have a lot of tough games, and I think they're going to win most of them. And I just I can't rave enough about what John Harbaugh has done to complete 180 this team last year to go 6-1, and one, almost beat the Chiefs, go into the playoffs, and of course they lost, but still go 6-1, and one, 
running by the skin of your teeth with a new quarterback. It's awesome. And then in the offseason, you get guys to totally build around what this is and you fully commit to it. And we talked a little bit about this periodically through our show is that nobody has ever fully committed to doing this. There have been players, Tim Tebow, Colin Kaepernick, Johnny Menzel to an extent. There have been players who have had this skill set of really good at running, pretty good at passing. And teams have said they're going to run this offense where they try to run, 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 and then pass when they need to. And none of them have really fully ever committed to that. And I said... I believe that if a team finally decides to build around a guy and fully commit to playing the style of football that is conducive to success for that player, it can and will work. Now, I don't think a lot of people saw the accuracy that Jackson has displayed so far this year. And again, I believe that he had it in him. And I just was saying that, you know, it went 6-1 and one, just kind of trying to throw things together. That's why he ran about 20-plus times. And then he came out week one, didn't run once, and still threw five touchdowns. So I think that this is in Jackson, and I think that this offense is only going to grow. It's only going to get better with continuity. And they have weapons all over the place. Mark Andrews, a tight end as well. Huge boom. I uh, have him in a couple fantasy leagues, which is great for me. <laughs> and I still lost, anyway. But, yeah, could not rave enough about the Ravens. <laughs> you know, if anything, I'm just upset that Josh isn't here so he couldn't roll his eyes about that joke. Although I was I was proud of that one. So rant rave recall, I had a rave about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, and I just see them marching onward towards this divisional chi- title. And they might come up in game picks later. You'll see what I think. But yeah. So let's get to some news and notes from around the league. Let's get into a week two review and recap here. So the Jets got smacked, and I feel terrible for Jets fans. I really, really do. But I wanted to play this clip from ESPN's Get Up. It's one of my favorite shows on ESPN, and I love Mike Greenberg. I think Mike Greenberg's an excellent analyst, and we played a clip from him last week talking about 9-11 and, and, and the, the, the just the ability for sports to take us away and for those of you who don't know, Mike Greenberg is a huge Jets fan, and he has been so ready for this year. <laughs> and he came on Tuesday morning after Monday Night Football after getting smacked 23-3, to and not only getting smacked, but losing their starting quarterback and having a third-string quarterback come in, and it was just, it was rough. And so they go to press him about the game, and, and he asks the question about the Browns, and he's trying to keep it professional about the Browns, and then he goes on this rant, and I have never felt it more as a Bills fan what we have gone through, and I just, I would like to play this and talk about the Jets for a second. Watched our first hour in Cleveland this morning, you're probably thinking, did we win the game last night? Because they did win, and they did win easily, and yet we seem to be picking them apart all morning long. What did you see that concerned you most in the win for Cleveland? Yeah, it was the continuity of you know what? Let me let me take this time to make sure my friend is okay. No, I'm not okay. Okay, all right. Do I seem well, okay? Well, I'm here for you. Really? I'm okay. here. Well, I 
appreciate that, but I'm not. You know, this is this is okay. very nice. Let's be strong together. Think, no, I'm okay. not strong. Yeah, be strong. Well, I've never be been strong. strong. I need you to be strong. Well, okay, well, then you're gonna have because to. I'm here with you. If you're looking for strong, you got to go to somebody else. Okay, but go ahead. Right, let's right. let's talk for a minute. I'm, I'm sorry, Jim. I don't have strong. My apologies. Who do you think you're talking to? Here, all kidding aside. Let's start with the the Jets stink. Okay, they stink. The season's over. I wait all year long for this, and it's eight days, and it's over. It stinks. It's awful. The offense is awful. It was awful when Darnold was there, and it's going to continue to be awful. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They should probably just trade Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what in the world they're going to do with him now. 31 touches last night. I don't know how he survived that. They're going to get him killed. I don't know what they're doing there. A defensive coordinator who everyone is making fun of. Actually, his defense looked a lot better last night without two of the three most important people. So don't get me started. Look, I asked a question about the Browns, okay? I asked, I did my job. I you got it. me started. I knew you needed to that's get it out. Good, right? No, I feel yeah, terrible. Hey, you know what that's called? That's called relationship. I knew you needed to get that out yes. before we get to actually doing our job. Okay. okay. Now, the Cleveland Browns, continuity. Let's talk right? about the Jets a little more. Hold on just okay, one go second. Ahead. Go ahead. Let's talk a yep. little more about this. What are they going to do? I, I, I'm, I'm throwing this off script for just a moment here, okay? Just for one brief second. We'll talk, the Browns won, for crying out loud, okay? Okay. <laughs> I just... I feel terrible. I feel terrible for Jets fans and for Mike Greenberg. Oh, man. And I have never identified with an analyst before or a fan than when Mike goes. They He goes, can we talk about the Browns? I asked a question about the Browns. And then he goes, yeah, we can do that. And he goes, let's talk about the Jets for one more second. I just... It's so it's so sad and it's but it's so funny and I just you feel this is sports this is what happens you know Sam Darnold gets mono and you can make all the jokes you want about that but I mean it's a very serious illness and and you know he'll he'll get healthy and he'll be okay but wow then you have CJ Mosley was out Quinn and Williams their number one overall pick third is is out it's just it's rough it's rough man to be a new york jets fan this this coming week and it certainly does not get any easier coming up i just i i feel so bad for and and again i was watching this and i was laughing and then i sat there and i thought i was like ooh, what would that feel like if this is how the bill season started and luckily you know we started 2-0 and i'm very happy about that but wow, you start 0-2 by blowing a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter. Then you lose your quarterback, you lose your starting star linebacker and your starting star defensive tackle. You lose your backup quarterback in Monday Night Football, lose by 20 points in a game where your running back actually had a hell of a day. And your reward is next week you have to travel to the Patriots and play them. And then you have to try to travel to Philly to play them and then you have the Cowboys and then you have the Patriots again your next four weeks are Patriots Eagles Cowboys Patriots the the Jets could conceivably be 0-6 by October 21st it's it's unbelievable and again as a fan that that has gone through a team that has had struggles in and times periods of their you know life as a team like this i just oh wow and like i said i i don't mean to to rub the dirt into a uh, my creamer but it's just i've been there man and i i we won't dwell on it on much more but uh whew, i feel 
I feel for you, man. In other news, in other sad news, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is getting elbow surgery. I just want to play. Somebody said this on Twitter. It says, this is what Antonio Brown would say to Big Ben. You know what? I'm about to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. (laughs) This is what happens when Josh isn't here. I get to do silly things and play silly sound bites. And he just has got to deal with it because there's nothing he can do to stop me. He may never let me do a solo episode again. But um, I don't care that you broke your elbow. That's it's. feel bad for Big Ben, too. I mean, Big Ben just signed a three-year contract. And they're saying that he said he's going to honor it. But Lord knows whether that's going to happen or not. And, you know, we'll hopefully talk to Drew about it later. But, yeah. I'm not feeling high on the Steelers either. I mean, we're looking at teams that, because of huge injuries, are now looking at crazy bad starts because now the Steelers are owned to as well. They face the 49ers in San Fran this coming week. I think that's a loss. They have the Bengals at home on Monday night. Now, that could be a pretty close game. We'll see what happens to the Bengals because I believe the Bengals are going to be in 0-3 as well because they have the Bills and the Bills' home opener. So, we'll see how that happens. But then they have the Ravens, the Chargers... So conceivably, the Steelers could be uh, 0-6 as well, or even just 1-5, 2-4. I mean, it's it's bad. Uh, they do get the Dolphins and the Colts after that, but it's it's bad, people. And I feel I feel bad for the for Steelers fans, but but this is what happens. I mean, this is what happens when you lose a ton of talent like they did in Antonio Brown and Lev Bell, and then one guy goes down, and you don't have guys to lean on. Now, I think this would be different with Mason Rudolph if you still had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell because you could say, hey, we're going to run the ball a ton with Le'Veon. Now they have James Conner, but James Conner's banged up uh, and he's still not Lev Bell. And then you could say, okay, we're going to feed Juju and Antonio. Now, they have guys that they like in the receiving core. I mean, they like Vance McDonald, the tight end that came over from San Francisco. They do like Deontay Johnson, the third-round rookie that they drafted this year. And they, of course, like James Washington who played at Oklahoma State with Mason Rudolph. Maybe they have a rapport there that they can pick back up on as they play here. And Juju obviously has been not the superstar that we all thought he would start out to be. So we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh. We'll see what happens with, with New York. But I feel pretty bad for these fan bases. And I I just I don't see a way that not, that they don't start 0-6, 1-5, 2-4, one of those things. I don't see them winning more or even three games in those schedules because they're rough. They are rough. In other news, let's go to Aaron Rodgers versus Matt LaFleur here. I have been all over the idea that this whole Aaron Rodgers-LaFleur fight thing has been way overblown. And they got into a scuffle on the sideline this past week. And I just wanted to play in to, uh, uh, Aaron's reaction to it big deal he's just uh, you know as am I we're you know a little animated at times but um, I can't say it was you know we were yelling how much we love each other but we definitely weren't MFing each other or anything it was it was talking about the the look there and, and you know get on the same page and I think that's what it boils down to for me is that these t- I love the way Aaron said that is he said we are two very passionate guys and 
that's all I needed to hear. Like, I, it's funny that he's like, I can't say we were saying, hey, I'm actually love each other. We weren't MFing each other. We were just talking about the, like, that, that shows to me that you have two passionate guys. You have two guys who love this game so much and, and want to win so bad that, that they go at each other a little bit. They bump heads because they're very smart and they're very talented. And there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You know, there, there are, all types of relationships in the world, okay? But they're all types of relationships in the NFL, and different ones work different ways, okay? And I think this LaFleur and Rodgers relationship is working so far and will continue to get better as time progresses. This this Packer team is for real, and this Packer team is very, very good. And they're 2-0, and I talked about in our preview episode that I really think that... Uh, that the Green Bay Packers are going to start off as one of the big teams. And look, they're 2-0. I believe they're going to beat the Broncos next week. They're going to beat the Eagles on Thursday night the following week at home. Then they have the Cowboys, which I think they will win. That'll be huge. That'll be a tough game in Dallas, but I think they win that. Then I think they beat the Lions, and then I think they beat the Raiders. I think they're looking at the Chiefs right here. That's 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I think they're looking at 7-0 and walking in to that primetime game on October 27th, Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. I really see that happening. You know, I, you listen to Friends Fortune, you know, I've been wrong before. But I believe in those two guys to right the ship, and I believe in those two guys to get it right. So I just want to play a little clip because I think it was really important, and it really showed how I feel about Aaron Rodgers and Matt Rolfe's relationship. Kind of scooting through the rest of these games real quick before we get to our Cowboys correspondent. You know, Thursday night was was tough. The Bucks beat the Panthers, and I thought it was a fun game because it was close the whole time. But a lot of people would have thought it was maybe a little bit of a snooze fest. Cam Newton did throw for three hundred over three hundred yards, which was cool. But you know, he had turnovers. He had a bunch of sacks, a bunch of incompletions. Christian McCaffrey did nothing. Thanks for my fantasy leagues. I lost two games because of him, but. I don't know. It's a tough game, and maybe the Bucks aren't as bad as we thought they were. I do think that Jameis will be not the starter by the end of this year, but we'll see what happens. The, let's see, we talked about Ravens-Cardinals. That was a sneaky, pretty good game. Uh, Lions-Chargers, I got that one wrong in my picks. But, you know, the Lions are that team, and I we said this when we did our division preview as well. You know, the Lions are a team that I'm not going to be shocked if they're there at the end of the year fighting for playoffs, or even the division. They have a great defense. Matt Patricia knows what he's doing. He's a very smart guy. And I like Matt Stafford. We know that Josh doesn't like Matt Stafford, but I like Matt Stafford. So so they gutted it out and won a game right there that they maybe shouldn't have won. But Matt's, Matt Stafford and Kenny Galladay, man. Kenny G. The smooth notes of Kenny G. Titans fell to the Colts. Ugh, sad. But I do think they get back on track here tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Or I guess if you're not listening on Thursday, then hopefully they are already won. 49ers, hot start, 41-17. That helps my they win the division pick, but we'll see when they meet another division contest. Gardner Minshew looks like a starting NFL quarterback, and I love it. You know, I, I talked about it. Josh is all over him and, and loves him and thinks he's great. And again, he's a great guy, cool, wears a lot of really cool outfits. But I just didn't think he'd have enough firepower to be a winning quarterback. And now they, they, they scored nine points in the fourth quarter. They went for two to win that game, and they didn't get it. It was that close. Gardner Minshew, 22 of 33, 213 yards and a touchdown. He Six carries for 56 yards. I mean, he looked great. And 
I I'm not going to be shocked if this team wins some games, but I just I don't see them them doing anything crazy or, or winning the division or making the playoffs or anything like that. So so but it looks like Jacksonville has found a little diamond in the rough right there. Packers, Vikings, Packers get away with the win. This was interesting. They went up 21-0 and then were outscored 16-0 the rest of the game, but they were kind of playing it safe a little bit. I think that, that they need to make sure they take care of that. Cowboys, Redskins, the Cowboys won. Steelers, Seahawks was an interesting game because Ben didn't go out in the first half and then Mason Rudolph started the second half and Mason Rudolph threw two touchdown, two touchdown passes to Vince McDonald. Something to monitor as they go and see if they have a report if he was just going to his tight end to... to have his safety net, safety blanket, as they say. But that was a really good game. Buffalo wins. And I, this is something I want to, like, I'm not going to dwell on Buffalo while I'm here. I'm not going to hijack this podcast every time Josh is not here just to talk about my Bills. But I did want to say something that's really cool. When they, the Bills started 2-0, and Shaq Lawson, the defensive end, in his fourth year, fourth year, fifth year, out of Clemson, he was a former first-round pick was asked what it meant to start 2-0 on the road. And Shaq Lawson said, quote, nothing right now. It don't mean nothing. After tomorrow, Monday, we move on to Cincinnati, end quote. And I think that's really cool and indicative of what Sean McDermott brings to this team. The 2-0 start doesn't mean anything without the 14 games that follow it. You, and I know that sounds silly, but it really does. And now it means the Bills have taken a great first step to being a playoff contender. But I just... I just I love the mindset of this team that they're not gonna get they're not gonna feel themselves, they're not gonna they're gonna be confident in themselves like they should be, but they're not gonna be like, yeah, look at us, we're two and up. But I will say, before we move on real quick, teams that start the season two and oh to make the playoffs more than sixty percent of the time. From two thousand one to two thousand eighteen, eight teams started two and oh with two road wins, six of those eight teams made the playoffs. So the the stats would suggest that we have excellent odds to make the playoffs and that we should make the playoffs. But just like Shaq Lawson said, we're on to Cincinnati, and I love that. So Buffalo comes away with a big win, 28-14. They let an opening drive, score real quick. Saquon Barkley scampered in for about 20 yards out, and the Giants went up 7-0. The Bills outscored them 28-7 the rest of the way. It was big. We talked about the Pats. Chiefs ended up beating the Raiders 28-10. The Raiders started 10-0, and it was, wow, look at Oakland. And then the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes did what Pat Mahomes does. Throws four touchdown passes. It was awesome. Rams Saints was kind of sad. Sad about Drew Brees. Now, we'll get into that at another point in time, especially when Josh is here, because I know he's going to have a lot of big, big thoughts on that as well. But Teddy Bridgewater is holding the fort for the next six to eight weeks. We'll see how he does. The Bears-Broncos was an amazing game. It was a defensive battle until the end. And then the craziness of Joe Flacco throws a pick on the goal line. And then the next drive, Joe Flacco throws the touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. They go for two. There's a penalty. So they go to kick the field goal. They, Excuse me, the extra point. They miss the extra point. There's a penalty. They go back to go for two. Hits Emmanuel Sanders. Takes the lead. 14-13 with like 40 seconds left, I believe. And then... Pinheiro, the kicker for after the kicker for Chicago after Mitch Trubisky steps up on fourth down, hits Allen Robinson, PSU we are, and whew, kicks an amazing 50 plus yard field goal to win 16 14. Huge win for the Bears in this division because their season does not get easier and this division is tough. Then the Falcons, Eagles on Sunday night. I was telling you about the Falcons. I love the bounce back. And Matt Ryan, three interceptions early, did not look great. And then he bounced back three touchdowns, including that great check on 
fourth down hit Julio Jones. Sanu calls it as soon as he goes. Jake Matthews with the great uh, swing reach block. Uh, the left tackle, awesome. And then we talked about the Browns and Jets on Monday night. So it was a great week two, and we're looking forward and ahead to a great week three as well. Alrighty, now let's get Mike Migas on the line, our resident cowboy correspondent. A little upset that Josh isn't here for our first call-in, but he's going to be calling himself later. Mike, how are we doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are we doing today, Addy? I said, we, you know, we, we both got to be doing great with 2-0 and starts. <laughs> um, you know, if you would have told me before week one that both the Bills and the Cowboys would start 2-0, and I'd be like, you're absolutely right. I will. <laughs> now mine might have been easier to predict than yours. Probably, probably. I mean, I saw I saw the Jets as a tough first week, but I really again obviously I believe in my team, but I really thought we'd equal in that one, and we did. So, anyway, and then now the Jets are falling apart, and so are the Giants. So look out, Bengals week three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, just general thoughts on 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 the season in general so far. We'll get into the Cowboys in in a, in a second here, but just how are we feeling about the first two weeks of the NFL? You know, there's really not much that has shocked me, I gotta say, as far as the uh, season. I am a little surprised uh, by Lamar Jackson, and not that I thought he was like, you know, some scumbag or anything like that. I think he could play. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely, I, I, I never thought that he was the fifth ranked QB in that draft last week, completely honest. Okay. I'm not, I was not, I was not expecting him to be in the MVP thoughts. Right now, I've got him at the at number two as far as MVP race goes. That number two and number three, you could go. You could go with him or Dak, one of the two. But yeah. I, I've been stunned by that. But uh, besides that, I mean, Pats are business as usual. Chiefs are business as usual. I'm a little shocked for some of the injuries, such yeah. major stars breathe out for six weeks. Yeah, you know, that's tough. Uh, Big Ben, Pam, uh, up in the air. That's shocking. But there's always, you know, there's always a multitude of injuries, and and this year it just seems like it's happening to some of the some of the big stars, which, you know, kind of kind of is unfortunate. But, um, yeah. and, you know, I was shocked last week by the Chargers using the, the Lions. That one really did throw me because I, every year yeah. I think I buy really high into Chargers stock, and every year I'm just slightly less pounds. <laughs> so, uh, besides that, you know, and Kyler has looked better than I expected because for as bad as the Cardinals, yeah. I think the bad as the Cardinals are, he's fared much better than last year with a pretty similar team. So I, I'm yeah. really impressed by him. He's, he's going to get his first win this week, I think. Yeah, he's going to, you said he's going to get the win this week? Yeah, he's going to get his first win as a, yeah, as a I, starter. I mean, they're, they're playing the Panthers without Cam. I yeah, think, and I, I think this will be, And even if, they, and if they, even if they did, like Cam has been ruled out, but even if Cam plays, he's going to play on like one foot, which isn't really playing Cam anyway. Right. So you're right. right. Like I was leaning towards that way anyway. So I like your confidence in that. But yeah, I, yeah, we we talked about pretty much all that, and I in earlier in the episode here, we I did a a, a rave about Lamar and the Ravens because I mean, if people listen, I've been all over the Ravens all off season. I'm really high on this team, and I do like I said, I do think they're going to win the division. And now it looks the way it looks like it's paved with, you know, Cincinnati starting zero and two, and now they're out without Big Ben. I mean, we're we're gonna I'm gonna get uh, my buddy Drew on later, and we're gonna talk some Steeler football, see how he feels about it, but. Uh, not looking great for the Steelers either. So no, he he got he got to be feeling bad. Yeah, I I really I don't see them as more than a six win team at this point. And yeah, I really it's tough. I had nine had nine wins. Yeah, before the year started. Yeah, so so we'll see. But uh, yeah, let's get to the Cowboys here. So you know, 
it's not that a lot of people wouldn't have thought the Cowboys would start 2-0 with their first two games. I think a lot of people did think that. It's the way they did it that I believe was so surprising. So compa- mm-hmm. compared to teams past, because they've started hot before. They, I mean, this has been a 10-win team a couple times. They've been an 11-win and 12-win team. You know, they've won a lot of games before. But what, what feels mm-hmm. different about this Cowboys team? Why? How good is this team compared to other ones? I believe in the past, it's I believe ten years. The Cowboys have started out two and zero, so they started out two and zero three times in the past ten years. They don't actually start out two and zero that often. But anybody looking at the schedule this year, I think a lot of people thought they should be three and zero, and then they're going to probably get mollywhopped by the Saints in Week Four. But now I don't even <laughs> know if that's going to happen with Drew, with with Drew Brees out. I really do see us starting out four and zero personally. But the the team this year compared to other teams. The only team that I think instilled as much confidence in me as this one does right now, literally, of course, two weeks does not make a season, but uh, I got to the 2014 season where I believe Des led the leading touchdowns. DeMarco had like an 1,880-yard uh, rushing campaign, and Tony Romo would have gotten my vote for league MVP, even though Aaron Rodgers ultimately did win it. Uh, that year, I, I think they started out the year and one. They lost the first week against the 49ers, and then they, they ran through the next six games, and I believe it culminated with a week seven matchup in Seattle where, where Tony uh, brought them in, had a, one of my favorite throws he ever had, the third and 20 to Terrence Williams on the sideline that ultimately put them in a scoring position to win the game late in the fourth quarter, and everybody was like, there's no world they're going to go and beat the defending Super Bowl champs in Seattle where they barely never lost. Yeah. They went in and I was like, this team, this team feels different, yeah. and this current team this current team feels similar to that. Okay. That team was so excellent because because of Tony Romo's you know magician like ability at the line of scrimmage to just find the right play always. Right. This one, it's because it's because we have a new coordinator. Tony had to get away from a lot of the coordinator uh, things that Scott Linehan would give him. Right. And that's why it was it was so magical in 2014. Yeah. Now Jackson basically just rolled with what Kellen's giving him, and obviously he. In his fourth year, he's progressed. He can, you know, do things at the line of scrimmage, obviously. But right. the offensive system that Sean Moore has filled, right. it, it, it looks comfortable to Sean McVay, uh, okay. Kingsbury, um, uh, Kyle Shanahan type of system. I mean, yeah. the offense looks transformed. And it's for yeah. the first time. It was, 2016 was a really fun year because it was different and new. Yeah. But it wasn't nearly as fun. I mean, this offense right. is fun to watch. It, it reminds me of New Orleans and, and Kansas City right. fans. They're, they're great. Yeah, I would say looking at it, just the first two weeks, that I would compare it more to a New Orleans, just because the, I mean I think the the big everybody's talking about how innovative all these guys are, and they are, but I just think the biggest trend with these guys is pre snap motions to a help your oh, yeah. quarterback read the defense and b get guys out of their alignment so that they're uncomfortable. And I know Sean Payton's the godfather of all that. I think. And he mm-hmm. incredible with it. So you're right. I, I do see that. And you know, obviously there's strength. And but uh, what I want to see, and I, what I want to hear from from the Cowboys fan is, what do you see as the biggest weakness? If this team, uh, you know, if this team has what it takes to go all the way, what's the one thing that could be their kryptonite that will stop them? I mean this with full sincerity. The offense has no weakness. There's not a weakness on the offense. Okay. There's not a weakness on the offense. Okay. As far as the defense goes. It's tough because I we're seeing in the first two weeks we've seen an incomplete defensive line. We just released Taco Charlton actually a few hours ago, but Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Breaking news on simultaneous catch. (laughs) It's it's really the only first round draft pick that Will McClain the Cowboys uh, 
franchise had missed out in the past, you know, six years. Yeah, I mean, they're Tyron great at that. Zeke, Byron Jones. But Paco, who we took in, in the 2017 draft, he's kind of been a bit of a failure since he's been released, you know, two years into his uh, contract. Yeah. But besides him being released, we're going to be getting Robert Quinn back this week, who's a stud pass rusher that we got uh, in the offseason. And Randy Gregory, it seems like he's maybe three to four weeks away from being um, reinstated. Okay. And I think if you give three, three really legitimately uh, stud pass rushers, then I would say a pass rush isn't an issue. But if it's, if it's anything, it's got to be the pass rush because okay. uh, I, think, I think our defensive backs are really strong. And okay. I think our linebackers are probably the best uh, unit in – in, as far as linebacking cores go, I think it's the best one in the NFL. I mean, it's hard to, uh, hard to argue against that, that trio. Yeah. When, when, Sean, when Sean Lee's your third best linebacker, it's pretty, a pretty good setup. <laughs> that's, a great, but, uh, that's a great line. <laughs> and, and honestly, uh, this is a little thing, but we so far have only generated, I think, one turnover in two games, which, I mean, we've been winning them by, you know, we've been giving up, you know, garbage time touchdown each week. Yeah. Each game has been like, a 17-point win at, yeah. at the fourth quarter with us basically just taking the breaks off and being like, we're running the clock out. Yeah, that's so always hard to I look at. That, like, I, can't, I can't say the lack of turnovers has like, been hurting us, but I do think the lack of turnovers might hurt us against a Rams team or a Chiefs or a Patriots, which I think the, those three teams and the Ravens and the Cowboys, I think, are the five best teams in the NFL for two weeks. Yeah. And that, I think, will separate uh the, the good teams from the bad teams. Okay. We're not turning, you know, Dan Trino was on the ball. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not totally sold on Brett Mocker. He's only, he's one of one on the year on field goals. Okay. He was shaky throughout the regular season. Okay. And he was shaky. He was, he was a 78 percent ticker, I think. Okay. After he started off, he started off like 15 or 15 last year. Yeah. And then from that point on, he was a just. Left side, so. Okay. Uh, I'm not totally sold on Brett Mocker, but. He's done nothing to have in this section. Your job, but it's something <laughs> okay. that I just in the back of my head. If, if the game comes down to like a final tip, okay. I'm going to be stressed and hope it goes in because he's okay. got a big leg. I mean, he, he kicked a, a 59 yarder. You know, somewhat suspect at times. So those right. are probably the two things I'd say. Okay, sounds. I uh, just lie. It, it's you do have two turnovers. You have two fumble recoveries. Um, so and two fumble recoveries. Yeah, that's both week one, I believe. Uh, I, I think so. It, right here it says it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chidobi and Demarcus Lawrence. So I think that was week one. But uh, yeah, those are week one. Yeah. Week, yeah. So yeah, uh, great stuff. Great stuff, man. So. I mean, this leads me to my my next question is, I mean, how far can the Cowboys go? I know you're the Cowboys fan and you want to, as a fan, try to remain impartial, but it's hard when your team is legitimately very good. So so how far do you do you see this going? At, at minimum, we're going to be in the divisional game this year. I would say at minimum. Okay, I, I'm, on, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I would bet, I would bet very good money on that. Barring any like catastrophic injury, you know, like you know, and, and when I say catastrophic injury, I mean like Dak, Amari, and even without Amari, I, I really do think. I mean, we're going to be Dallas is going to be sidelined for the next two weeks because he just uh, he has a term of meniscus uh, yeah. that happened after last after last week's game. That's tough. Uh, he's going to be out for two to three weeks, but 
you know, Dallas displayed that he was really excellent in the preseason because Amari was, you know, sitting and dealing with the plantar fasciitis. So I really do think Dallas could step up because I think the system, the new system is that good. Yeah. But barring like an injury to Dak or, or uh, you know, maybe Amari and maybe like, uh, I, don't, I don't even, I mean, maybe Jalen Smith, like something like that, maybe Mandrash, one of those yeah. really cornerstone pieces. Core defensive, yeah. Barring, yeah, barring one of those players getting hurt, this team should be in the NFC Championship game against the, the Los Angeles Rams at the end of the uh, the uh, end of the year. And okay. really, as far as they can go, they can win. They, they can beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year. Okay. That's, like as far as they can go. <laughs> well, but, as um, um, that was that was my preseason tip. I said that I, I saw that with the Cowboys winning. I saw and that. I've only actually I've only legitimately picked the Cowboys. The last time I picked them like legitimately was 2015. After the 2014 year, before Romo ever got hurt, uh, since then okay. I've always been like I've always said, if my dream scenario is the Cowboys would beat this team in the Super Bowl, but my real pick, I think I have like the Packers, uh, okay. the Packers Steelers one year, I had like the the Rams one year, but I, I picked the Cowboys this year, and okay. I I hope they prove me right, but you know. I'm sure, I'm sure most fan bases, they always pick their team to win. It's yeah. hard to be a pressure, but, <laughs> it is, they've, but got, they've, got, they've, they've got the system there. They've got the tools. I was going to say, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happens, so so we'll see. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, simultaneous catch stalwart here. We're going to have, for those of you who have not listened to before, whenever we have a guest, we have them pick our team's games and their team's games. Um, so I made the exact. I don't want to hear. I don't. I don't want to hear fifteen other people say, "Yeah, the Dolphins are going to lose." So, go to the Packers game first. They're in Green Bay against the Broncos. Okay, I'm. I'm a little upset with the Broncos right now because I picked them as an upset to beat the Bears. Yeah, (laughs) they had it. They were forty seconds away. Yeah, no, I mean, it really it was inexcusable. They they really should have had it after the the roughing the passer call. It went, oh god, is this like gonna is this gonna backfire? The yeah. Bear, or the Broncos are like I think twenty two and four in the first two weeks at home. Wow, so people just can't adjust to the yeah they since two thousand one they just wow. can't adjust to the uh, they can't adjust to the 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 altitude in, in Denver uh, and they're like worn out. I mean, Khalil Mack was on the sideline in the final in the game when he grabbed that Joe Flacco had. Yeah. He was like sitting out because he just couldn't breathe. So I was expecting the Broncos to win. Okay. In that case, Broncos on the ro- Broncos on the road against Green Bay, whose offense has not looked great, yet, but the defense has looked excellent. They're going to bottle Joe Flacco off. I think Green Bay wins twenty-seven to ten. Twenty-seven ten Green Bay. Okay, I, think I like I that. Think I think it's pretty comfortable. I think I think Aaron has uh, three touchdowns, and then I think maybe Aaron Jones runs one in. And they miss an extra point. They're okay. All right. I like that. Okay. Joe Flacco and Emmanuel Sanders and okay, they're field goal that they're ten, but they're going to lose pretty comfortably. I, I I always love when we have you on, Mike, because I love the specificity. It's it's so f- much fun. Um. So you know another reason why I said pick the Packers game is because the Cowboys have the Dolphins coming in. So <laughs> let's pick. Yeah. Uh, let's mean, just can we just be kind? <laughs> the, the Cowboys are going to beat the Dolphins. I actually think the Dolphins are going to score the most they've scored yet. I I, I, bu- I do believe that. that. I like not not because the Cowboys are bad, but because at some point you have to score more than three points, right? <laughs> or no points. They scored. I think uh, they scored seven week one and three week two. I believe. Or no, they scored ten week one and zero week two. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, because I played them in two fantasy leagues in the past. Had thirty eight point uh, <laughs> weeks. 
I was I was fit. Um, the the Cowboys are going to beat the Dolphins. I think like a forty-two to fourteen. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna put up a gonna okay. put the year high fourteen points. Whew. And the Cowboys are going to continue. Whew. I think three weeks in the over uh, with over thirty-four points. I love which it. Which might be a franchise record. It might uh, be. From the, <laughs> Open the year off. Yeah. Straight games of over 30, 30 points. All right. So, so, we have, yeah, so you have the pack going. You have the, as so we said, 42 14. So you have the pack going 2 0. The Cowboys 2 0. We keeping this record off the Bills. Yeah. Oh, 3 0. Yeah. The Bills at home, home opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills are also going to, I think. I think the Bills are going to beat the Bengals pretty functionally. Okay. I think this okay. year's going to be this weird year of the good teams are going to look really good, and the bad teams are going to are going to look really bad. And I think the Bills okay. have one of the more under the Bills have one of the more underrated coaching staffs, I think, in the NFL. I was a little low on them to start the year. I thought they were just going to miss the post for like one game. I ultimately thought that the Bills and Jets were going to end with the same record, but the Jets would. Uh, win both games against them, and they would own the tiebreaker. Or no, yeah. they weren't going to win both games against them, but they would win more games in the division. Right. And then they would own the tiebreaker to get the wild card. Yeah. But I, I'm selling all my Jets stock. Oh, that, yeah. I'm, I'm done with them. They're, I'm out on the Jets. Yeah. They might not get the first week in week seven. I really don't know. I, I literally, um, literally, I... Obviously, you haven't listened to the episode because it hasn't been posted yet, but right before you came on, I talked about the depleted AI. these games in the coming four weeks yeah and the Steelers it, it'll be like I, I could see the Steelers winning major competition for Buffalo gone already and it's yeah, one three and that whole thing will come down to Buffalo the Browns the Chargers and right the three teams. and honestly don't think the Colts are going to be sneaky good this year yeah I'm, I'm with that I, I'm with that I, I, I really I I wanted to pick them Josh very badly that against the against the Falcons. I wanted to pick them. I'm I'm going to give the edge to the Falcons on the road. Okay. But I like really I really thought about Jacoby winning that game and okay. game winning drive. Okay. But as far as the Bills go, as far as the Bills go, they have a they have an underrated coaching staff, one of the better ones in the league that nobody really talks about. Josh Allen is is developing and getting better and better, and he's ascending. He's getting better as the weeks are going on. Whereas I'm not seeing that. Baker almost looks to have regressed a little bit. Dan yeah. Darnold did not look sharp in his game. Josh is looking pretty, pretty okay. Yeah. And really, the biggest position for the Bills is you just revitalize that entire receiving core because the receiving yep. core was, yep. I don't want to call them pitiful last year, but they were of low quality. I mean, they really were um, not great. <laughs> and and uh, I think the Bills beat the Bengals 24-17. I think it's, okay. I think it's close, but I, also, I okay. think the Bills are never out of control. I think the Bengals might get like a late touchdown in okay. the final five minutes, but the, the Bills are like ahead by fourteen to ten points for much of the game. Like that, okay. that fan base and that that home crowd—they're going to be so great. They're such a good I see home that. team. I see that, and, and they're going to be excited because they're already two and zero. And like this looks like a good year for you guys. Yeah. I think they're going to bring it, and I think I think the Bengals are going to. I, I just don't know if the Bengals have enough to work with, even though Andy Dalton's yeah. been able to pass the ball fairly well so far. Yeah. In the, I was gonna say I was gonna say Cincinnati's offense hasn't looked terrible with Zach Taylor. No, no, no. I mean John Ross and and uh, and, and Tyler Boyd are look solid. Decent, yeah, yeah. I just the, the defense has not been good, and and ultimately Andy Dalton, even if he can pick rack up yards, I just yeah. 
I never trust him to win. Yeah, I don't blame him. You always, you always, you always <laughs> play to Andy Dalton. You're never going to win because of Andy Dalton. Well, and uh, I, I will say, so that, that's what I, see. I will say as a Bills fan, week four looms large at home against the Pats. If we want, I mean, if this is, for, for years, Buffalo wins the games you never think they're going to win and loses all the games they're supposed to win. So far, we won the first two games that we were supposed to win. You know, and if we win this game, we're supposed to win. Then our big test comes week four. I'm not even looking at a like I'm looking ahead because I'm a fan. They're not going to because they're smart. But no, no, not but really. but you know I'm looking forward. We win, go three zero. I'm not even looking to like win as much as I would love that. I'm just looking for it to come down to. I like I like the sound of three zero. <laughs> I originally, I originally had the Jets upsetting the pack this week. Yeah. But I think since I've, I've decided I'm not on the Jets, I'm going to flip all of my picks that I originally had to the Jets to the Bills. Yeah. And I actually might pick the Bills because the packs are good every year to lose one time to the so basically. I think it's not it's the Bills this year, definitely. It's and true. It's not the Jets. It's going to be the Bills this year, and it might be week four at home. Well, and, and that it would be the perfect time to do it because, I mean, if we start 3-0 and we have them coming, like, that stadium might explode, so... We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Get ahead of ourselves, but yeah, uh, yeah Mike, Absolutely. thanks, thanks for coming on. You always give great insight, and I really appreciate that. You know, we'll we'll, we'll have you on the or later on in the year, hopefully with the the Cowboys streaming and and the Bills leading the AFC East. So we'll see. But uh, it's <laughs> been great to have you on, man. Good talking, Adam. Take care. Adam. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. All right, that was Mike Mikas, our. Cowboys correspondent. He went Green Bay at home, 27-10. Dallas at, I believe they're at Miami. I'm, I, off the top of my head, are they at Miami? No, they're at home, 42-14. And then Buffalo at home, 24-17. I do think it'll be, uh, the Buffalo will score a little bit more than that because of the Cincy defense. But I like the look of those three wins. He's not forecasting great games, but, you know, there we are. So that was Mike. A lot of great insight. All right, we couldn't go an episode without having Josh lapping. So Josh is calling in from Philly. Going to Philly. How's it going, pal? I'm doing all right. It's been a, it's been a busy day, but a good day. And uh bored a little bit of Philadelphia, did some school things. So it's, uh, you know, good to be calling in, though. Got to have the... the second partner for simultaneous catch, you know? Absolutely. You can't have... One person in simultaneous, like, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I did tell yeah, the, I mean, completely. <laughs> I did tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what you were doing, so now everybody knows your business. But who cares? So, oh, oh I did want to, I did want to bring up. So, uh, I did bring up the stats of the Todd Gurley bold prediction there. Uh huh. Um, no, yeah, did not make it. Did not make it. <laughs> it was funny because that I looked wrong. at it. And I was like, you know, statistically, it wasn't a terrible day. I mean, 60 yards and a touchdown. But then you threw in the receptions thing. And I looked at his stats, and he has four receptions for the season for eight yards. They, is it only four? I thought he had four uh, in week two. I thought he had – well, see, I was looking at it. It looked like it said three. Maybe it said four. But regardless, he only has eight yards receiving <laughs> all year. It was a surprise. Uh, I've been a great catcher out of the backfield so far. Yeah, not at all. But then again, I said that the Dolphins would cover the spread, and 
they lost 43 to nothing. So I'm not doing so hot on Fred's <laughs> fortunes. I was, I feel like I will still take being close on my top six in that one. I, yep, yeah, I'm, you've always been better at them, but eventually I'm going to get a couple. I mean, Fred's fortune. So, yeah, we have a whole new week. Speaking, speaking of a whole new week, uh, I mean, first couple weeks have been really great. What are we, what are we looking forward to the most coming up here in week three? There's a lot of good stuff happening. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest uh, things to look forward to, or maybe to dread, depending on what team you're rooting for, is there's going to be just a plethora of new names starting a quarterback. So that's exciting, and I think in a lot of ways it can be. Um, downtrodden or make fans upset and we're not going to see the Drew Breeses and the Ben Roethlisberger's. But I think it's healthy to get an infusion of new names that could potentially be the future of the league that we're about to be entering here. So I think that's just very exciting and something that I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I did talk a little bit because I went through the went through week two and just kind of talked shortly through the matchups. And I, when I went to Jacksonville-Houston, I said, Jacksonville's got a quarterback. You know, I when we talked a little bit about it, and I didn't look at any stats or highlights or anything, but Gardner Mitchell's a starting NFL caliber quarterback. I mean, he looked. He's so, been crushing it. Like, yeah. I, I've been all over the guy, and I know like we talked about it and we joked about it, and you're like, "That's silly." I was like, "This guy is legit, Max." Yeah. I, mean, I just love the swagger he brings, and I think that's so so darn cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously we have, you know, Luke Falk starting for the Jets coming up. I mean, that's. A tough out on your first week. You're going to play the I Patriots. I mean, that's definitely the one that everybody's excited about. But, yeah, right. Huh? And then you have Daniel Jones, of course, with the Giants, which is crazy. And I – it's just – Mike talked a little bit about this when we started our segment. He did mention, you know, and when we did a little overview portion of the year so far, and he did mention how shocking it was that so many high-caliber players and high-caliber quarterbacks are just out right now. So – Sure, absolutely. But I will also say this. I think for a lot of these teams talking about New York with Daniel Jones and Pittsburgh with, with Mason Rudolph, I don't think these are bad situations to be in. No, not at all. I really believe that these young guys can come in. Mason Rudolph played a heck of a game against Seattle. I mean, people talking talked about whether or not it's Big Ben and James Conner near the end of the game, if they would have been healthy, they would have won. Who's to say? But regardless... He played a heck of a game, and I think James Washington's a player to really watch out for. He's been working with Mason Rudolph since their time at Oklahoma. So, and throughout training camp, when Dante Moncrief was working with with the one, James Washington was the one with Mason Rudolph. So we'll see if that connection from their college days plays superficial. And we know Daniel Jones heck had one of the better preseasons for quarterbacks. So if he can translate even half of that to the regular season, not a bad place to be in. Not at all. And I think that uh, first couple of weeks, I think a lot of teams are still trying to figure themselves out what they want to be. And obviously there will still be more of that in week three. But I think week three, a ton of teams really say, okay, this is who we are, and they fully establish what they're going to be the rest of the year. I think the first, first week obviously is so crazy. But even into the second week, there are a lot of teams. But I think week three is really when we finally see – true identities for a lot of teams which is something that i'm excited to see especially so far in this year that has 
shown a lot of shifts in terms of power and in terms of, you know, injuries and players having to step in. So, I'm, I mean, I think it's going to be a great week of football and we get to, like, finally sit down and watch a whole week of football, which is exciting. It's going to be great. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, is there anything else you want to chat about before we do some Pals picks? Uh, you know, man, I feel like this is this has been uh, your episode. So yeah. I feel like you covered it pretty well. And, uh, <laughs> excited to hear what you said. So let's uh, we can get into some pals picks. I said before before we get to pals picks, I did want to say I, I the last time I did an episode by myself, I didn't really love it, and but not that I love this episode or anything. But when we got to the a point where I was calling you, I was like, I'm actually <laughs> kind of proud of the episode we did. I I think I talked about some nice things, and, and the Mike's interview was good. Mike always has it so much more insight than you think he's going to have. And he go, he'll go, like, I think our interview was about 15, 20 minutes because he was spewing out all these really cool facts. So. <laughs> hey, he's, he's a smart dude. He's yeah. a smart guy. All right. So now it's time for. Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Pals Picks. Adam's, oh. listen, Adam's not doing so well. Adam is two and four after his second consecutive week of going one and two. And Josh is five and one after an incredible. I'm coming, coming out with a vengeance after losing last year. Losing by one game, so I mean, we'll see what happens if I can get back into the running here. But this week it was Adam's turn to pick the games first, so maybe I can pick the games that'll trip you up. So we're gonna go down to Detroit. Detroit had huge upset over the L.A. Chargers this past week, 13-10. to 10. Yeah. A defensive battle, but in the end, Matt Stafford with a beautiful connection to Kenny Galladay for the touchdown that ended up winning them the game. So, Phillies traveling to Detroit. Eagles take on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think this one is a tough one to pick. I think especially with the injuries going on in Philadelphia. I mean, they... Or not the Philadelphia Eagles on, on Sunday night. They were like Philadelphia Flies with how they were going down. Huh. But uh, I still feel I feel confident with Philadelphia here. I think they're distraught over how they lost that game. They were right there in it. I think Atlanta's a better team than Detroit. So if they could hang around with them, I feel confident. Um, I know Deshaun Jackson's out for a few weeks. I haven't heard anything about Alshon Jeffrey, but I haven't been able to do a whole lot of research today. But it could be a, a big game in store for Nelson Aguilar and Zach Ertz, and I just don't think as much as Patricia likes his pieces on, on that defense, I don't think they can shut down Philly even with those injuries they have. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So then we're going to go to Arizona. Reports are we still don't know if Cam Newton will play, and if he does, he'll probably be a little gimpy. So we have the Panthers traveling to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals who have started 0-1-1. Yeah, I think they're going to go 1-1-1 after this <laughs> week, regardless of Cam Newton plays or not. Okay. Uh, Cam just isn't right. He uh, isn't isn't playing up to the confidence level that we've known Cam Newton to be. Whether or not that is injuries or it's, it's the play calling of North Turner, I don't know. Maybe he's just kind of wants to follow Andrew Luck in, into retirement. I'm not quite sure, but um, if, if, if it's Cam or Will Greer, right, that's their, that's their backup right now? Correct, the third-round pick. Whether or not it's him, I think Tyler Murray's going to get that win. It's out in the desert uh, the last time they were there. He put up a heck of an explosion in the last four, I think. Just more game experience is going to do well for, for those guys there. 
Although I do expect a, a big game out of Greg Olson, so we'll, we'll okay. see what happens from okay. Arizona. All right, I love that pick. I really do. I'm actually on board with that. And Mike and I talked about that for a brief second too when we talked about what's going on, and he said, I'm going with the Cardinals week three, and I was like, I think I'm with you. So so I think that's a solid pick. Now, last but not least, I I think this is one of the most fascinating games of the week, and not a lot of people are, a lot of people are going to talk about it because of the Daniel Jones factor, but I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about it a ton in general, but it's the New York Giants going to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. You know, the Bucs got a big win on the road last week in Carolina, Jameis Winston does not turn the ball did not turn the ball over, which was shocking, and they 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 gutted out a, a victory in Carolina, and you know the Giants start of a new era. Daniel Jones they make the switch, and we'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens. So so Giants traveling to the Bucks. I think it's gonna be a fun game. I think this is gonna be a really good game. I am going with Tampa. I think. There's going to be just too much on Daniel Jones played in his first start to to win that game. I, I don't think it's going to be a bad performance whatsoever, though. But I do feel like Tampa has too many weapons for Big Blue to compete with on the defensive side. And one of the biggest things that I took away from, from last Thursday, Tampa's win over Carolina with uh, Todd Bowles. Heck, heck of a defensive mind. I've always loved the guy. But he played a solid game, and now looking at chops that a, a rookie quarterback throwing some more exotic blitzes, more likely than not, I think it's just be a little too much for for Daniel Jones to handle. I think uh, both both wide receivers, and maybe if you get some OJ Howard going against a weaker defense, I, I see Tampa winning two in a row. All right, all right. I still jury's still out in this one. I haven't done my weekly pick, so I really have no idea how to pick that game, but we'll see what happens. Because uh, you know how hard yeah. it is for me to jump on the Jameis Winston, but we'll see. Um, all right? All right, let's flip it over to you. One of the uh, more exciting, big highlight games of the week is going to be uh, when the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I talked about this earlier when I did my rave about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, This is such a great game. And I hope that this is the... I don't know if Romo and Nance only do the 430 games or not, but I hope this is a game that Romo and Nance get to do because I really want to hear Romo talk about Lamar versus Mahomes. I really want to hear him analyze that. And I... This will that de- like the the Bills game will likely be on, you know, local television in our apartment. So I'll probably have that on the main TV. But I will have my laptop open for this game so that we can keep tabs on this game because I think it's going to be awesome. And I just think that the Ravens are going to win this one really close, and I'm edging them out only because I think their defense gets the stop when it matters. You know, I think that they're okay. going to. Bo- I think they're both going to score. A decent amount of points, and I think that that when it comes down to it, there's going to be one to two possessions where the Ravens are just going to be able to eke out that one stop. I, I do see it as a higher scoring game. Like I know that I know the Ravens defense is pretty darn good, but they did face the Cardinals and the Dolphins to start the year to not so amazing offenses. Even though the Cardinals offense is 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 pretty good and better than a lot of people think it might be at this point, but they're still figuring their way. But I, I really see this as a, a you know 
high high twenties, maybe even low thirties game where you know Mahomes just just doesn't get that first down near the end when they need it or something like that. But I I, I see it close and it's a coin to I mean I'm not gonna be shocked if I'm wrong, but I do see the Ravens getting one stop when they need it. Yeah, that will be, like I said, I think it's going to be one of the more exciting games this week. It'll definitely be fun to watch those two young quarterbacks go at it, so it's going to be very, very exciting. Let's uh, let's go to our second game when the Houston Texans travel out to take on those Chargers that are coming out to take up that loss. Yeah, this is a fascinating game, too, because, you know, I have the Chargers winning this division, and, you know, they got a little beat up a bit in that first week by the Colts and people didn't expect that. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, they were kind of a trendy upset pick, but right. um, they came out swinging and then I really thought that they were going to take care of business against the, uh, oh, I was going to sneeze. <laughs> oh, that's a spike. Um, <laughs> but I uh, thought they were going to take care of business against Detroit and it was close and then Detroit and Matt Stafford pulled it out in the end. I mean, the kid has the record for most fourth-quarter comebacks in a season, so we know that he has a knack for doing that sort of thing. But I, I was not inspired by that performance from the Chargers, and I think the Texans are ready to get rolling here. They got back on track after losing that week one against the Saints in a heartbreaker, and I think that Deshaun Watson gets it done. All right, cool, cool, cool. And let's uh, go on to the last game of the week on a Monday night. When I forget who who's hosting this game, Washington. Uh, all right, so Washington. When the Chicago Bears travel to take on Washington, and what a huge win for Chicago last week. I mean, they really needed that victory. What what an epic yeah. win, and and good for them. If if I had a a rave, it would have been about that after everything they went through. I know getting off on contingent on Alex Fix here, but well deserved and 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 a monkey off. Off their kickers back. Yeah, I was gonna so, say in, way to go out and nail that when they needed to. I was gonna say, but what a better place to do it than Denver, right? In a in a perfect a perfect way to win for a team that has questions like that. And as I really really want to pick Washington in this game because I want people to see that they're a much better football team than a lot of people think they are. But I really think that the Bears are are gonna ride that high from that victory last week and get a, a, a victory on the road here in the last game of the week on Monday night. I think that Mitch Trubisky gets rolling a little bit here. I see him having a, a, a bigger game than he's had so far, which isn't super hard because he has had a lot of great games. But I I think that he gets rolling a bit and I think this backfield finally starts to work itself out and I think uh I'm I'm going three road wins here in Pal's picks. All right, there you go. All right, I mean, so that's uh, worked for us in the past. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so recap: Josh is going Eagles on the road against the Lions. He's going Cardinals at uh, at home. Kyler Murray getting his first victory against the Panthers, and he's going Bucks at home, getting a victory over the first career start of Daniel Jones. I am going on the road. Ravens beating the Chiefs. On the road, Texans beating the Chargers, and on the road, Bears beating Washington. And I'm two and four, and he's five and one. So unless there's a big swing here, he's still going to be ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's it's week three, my friend. We have a long ways to go, but it's right true. now I'm going to relish it in having that that buffer. So absolutely, absolutely. 
Alrighty, my friend. Anything else you want to chat about? Hey, my friend. Uh, no, I think I think I'm good. Just uh, got back back to the apartment, so gonna just relax before the get back to the grind tomorrow. But I'm sure you did uh, a great job. Looking forward to hearing it on the on the pod waves, and uh, you're a good kid. Yeah, you're a great kid. I hope I made you proud. <laughs> All right, that was Pal's Picks with our buddy Josh. So glad that we got to have him on there. You know, it always seems that every season we have an episode where he does one by himself and I do one by himself. So we'll see what happens there. But next, we have a guest that I'm very excited for. Last year, he listened to all of our episodes but was like, I don't know enough to talk about it. But I was like, yeah, you do. And he's, I quote on Twitter, he said, I just need to study enough so I can be a guest on Simultaneous Catch. We have... Drew Campbell-Amberg, my former roommate from Point Park. Drew, how we doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm ready to talk some football. Uh, I'm so, I'm really, I honestly, I honestly am very excited for this. Because we, I mean, this is a team that we have not had somebody on before. We had, my cousin came on to do Browns talk. You know, we've had Mike on to do Cowboys. We've had Corwin to do Texans. Charlie's been on last year to talk Pats. We've had so many different teams but we have not had somebody to talk Steeler football. So I we, we, we asked this to a lot, of a lot of our guests, and Josh and I always talk about how we became football fans, and I think that you're you're kind of an interesting take, so I really want to the fans to hear this, but what made you start watching football and what, what made you a Steeler fan? So uh, I'll kind of answer the second part of that question first. Um, I'm a Steeler fan because my stepdad, who – has been a part of my life since I was very young, is from Pittsburgh. And even though we were moving around and whatnot, I've been a Steeler fan since I lived with my mom and my stepdad most of the time, since I was very little. Uh, and I was I was pretty into football when I was in middle school and early high school, and then I kind of lost touch. And then I moved in with uh, this guy who was kind of a nut about the <laughs> NFL for my senior year of college. Uh, you know, I actually have a video of him crying when his team made the, play- uh, made the playoffs for the first time in almost 20 years. <laughs> But I, the uh, the big reason I finally got back into football is none other than uh, Adam Jeffrey Rossi, our history himself. You know, it's actually really cool that I never I I didn't make this connection. But on our very first podcast episode here, when we started podcasting this last year, on the first episode, I tell that story, and I'm pretty sure during that during me telling that story, I said maybe we'll get Drew on at some point to talk, and I I forgot about that. So this is really awesome. <laughs> But yes, listeners, if you've listened from the first episode, this is the roommate that caught me crying when the Bills finally made the playoffs. I, no shame at all. That was such a cool night. And then we went to that bar. Yeah. Then we went to, what was it, Butcher in the Rye? And we Butcher met that random couple that were Bills fans. And they were like, yeah, we're going to the playoffs, man. It was so cool. <laughs> it was a great time. And I, I really think uh, the uh, Twitter account of Simul's Catch, at Simul's Catch, should really probably put those videos up for for your listeners, and, right. uh, of course, I I took the video. You did take the video. We will have to credit credit the video taker. But I do all I do always say, um, and obviously we didn't know it was going to happen. But I wish that somebody would have recorded both of us when Andy Dalton hit Tyler Boyd for the touchdown on the previous possession, <laughs> because we both like we I think we flipped a chair and we both jumped out of our seats and like that's the that's the video that most people get, but like not a lot of people because. I, but I was the smart Bills fan saying, I've seen this end badly before. It could still end badly. <laughs> um, but it's cool. It's great. I'm, I'm excited to have you on, man. But let's let's talk some Steeler football because, oh, it has not been a good start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They 
get thwopped on Monday night fo- or Sunday night football, excuse me, in week one by the Pats. Uh, no shame in that, though. They've been beaten by the Pats a lot before. And then in week two, a tight game against Seattle, but Big Ben gets knocked out in the first half. Mason Rudolph finishes it. Now, Mason Rudolph ended up having a pretty solid day. Mason Rudolph was 112 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, the pick really wasn't entirely his fault, but, you know, he's out there slinging it. And uh, he had a pretty solid game. So I just I want to know, as a Steelers fan, how do you feel about Mason Rudolph taking over? So I, I'm going to dip into uh, our next question of maybe uh, as well on this, or maybe a later topic. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. No, that's okay. Um, I do think for the, for the future of this franchise in the next five or six years, I think this is actually really good for Mason Rudolph, and I'm excited to see him get a chance to come in here and like really try to finish up the season strong. They've really worked on this defense in the offseason. Um, I saw a tweet that there's seven or eight uh, first-round picks on the defensive side of the ball that's, now. That's correct. Um, and with the trade of Minka Fitzpatrick, it only reinforced that. So he's coming in with solid pieces. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster isn't uh, he who shall not be named, but he is uh, no slouch at the receiver position, and at he's going to really help him out. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see he's going to come in and he's going to get some reps, and uh, hopefully that gives him some experience so that when hopefully Big Ben recovers from this injury and he's got some gas up in the tank, which we all uh, hope here in Pittsburgh, and not here in Pittsburgh, but as Pittsburgh Taylor can, that he's got some solid reps to build off when he eventually takes over for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we'll 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 dip into the around the questions here because you bring up Big Ben. And you know, when I initially sent you the questions that we were going to be doing, it was up in the air. Nobody had heard from Ben, but Ben did say, I, I believe it was this morning or last night that he plans to honor his three-year contract extension that he recently signed. So he's his plan is to come back. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that dynamic goes. But uh, you know, I was on the Ben might retire because he's toying around with it. Um, but I mean, he said he's going to honor it. I mean, how do you, how do we feel about that as a Steeler fan? It's obviously, you're glad to hear it. I know there was a lot of, a lot of confusion surrounding it two two seasons ago when he was, he mentioned in the media that he was thinking about retiring, um, and for him to come back and sign a three-year contract, I think kind of reinforced that he's totally switched gears, uh, in regards to retirement. And he's really planning on trying to stick it out for a little bit longer. And I, yeah. I don't think he'd sign a three-year contract if uh, he wasn't pretty serious about playing it out. Right. And, you know, it's, right. it's similar to the Le'Veon Bell argument from last year. He's going to have uh, almost a full year off on his body to come in with this team that's pretty young on defense and his, his new offensive weapons now yeah. that the killer bees are gone. Right. And they're going to have another year of experience if he's going to have almost a full season off on his, his wear and tear. Yeah. So there's a good chance he comes back pretty strong next year as long as he's rehabbed properly. Absolutely. All that good stuff. And I love uh, so, and this we're gonna you now get to the other question that we skipped over here for a sec. But you know, I love the point you bring up: seven first-round picks in this defensive front. They just traded for de- uh, defense defensive back at, from Miami, Minka Fitzpatrick, went to college in, uh, at Alabama. Twenty-three-year-old kid still. He's got a, a, t- a ton of time left on his contract and on his career. I mean, this this defense could be legit with him and Devin Bush, T.J. Watt from last year. I mean, they have pieces on this defense and you know Mason Rudolph had a great great career at 
Oklahoma State, and then he's got his guy James Washington in there that also played with at Oklahoma State, and you still have James Conner. I mean, he's coming off an injury. He's banged up. You still have Juju Smith-Schuster. He showed a rapport with Vance McDonald. As a Steeler fan, trying, I mean, you know you're a Steeler fan, but, you know, trying to remain slightly objective here, I mean, do you still feel that Pittsburgh can win this division or even just make a playoff push here with this team that they have? So, twofold here, if you had asked me, uh, in the preseason, if Ben went down like he did in week two, if I thought they could still make a playoff push, I probably would have said yes. What we were not anticipating is Lamar Jackson to have <laughs> two MVP caliber games in the first two weeks of the season. Fair. And what he's already got over 600 yards passing and almost 250, 300 yards rushing and six or seven combined touchdowns at this point and two games. I mean, this is a guy that after their playoff game last year, they weren't sure he was going to be able to throw the ball. And he's completing over 65% of his passes for crazy yards, no touchdowns, yeah. sorry, no interceptions. Yeah, it's uh, 71% completion, seven touchdowns, it's no picks. Crazy. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, I think that the Browns have really come out a lot slower than a lot of people were expecting. Yeah. So there's a chance they never really pulled that together. I I was kind of on the Browns hype train this offseason, even as a Steelers fan, because they just have so much, such a collection of talent. Absolutely. And such a great young leader. Yeah. Making snaps at quarterback. Yeah. And I really think they're going to pull it together. Um, so it, it's going to be hard for to get a playoff spot behind two teams that are really starting the season off right uh, and losing your, your quarterback. It looks like James Conner is actually going to miss some time as well. And, uh, Vance McDonald, which was a major injury concern, they're only solid. They're actually their only true pass-catching tight end on the entire roster after Jesse James went and signed with the Lions this offseason. Yeah. So there's a lot of injury concerns, and if they start off 0-3, 0-4, it's going to be really hard to come yeah. back and get a wild-card spot. It does say – so it does say that James Conner should play on Sunday. I mean, he is banged up, but right now I'm looking at the report from just a couple hours ago. It says that – Connor's confident. Now, it's, that, that that does not mean he will, but Connor says he's confident. Uh, but I will say I'm looking at this and, you know, the, going into San Francisco, they're 2-0. Their offense is hot. That's tough. Uh, the Bengals, you know, that on Monday night divisional game, that's always tough, but you are at home. But then you play the Ravens and then you play the Chargers and then you still have the Rams and the Browns in, in the coming weeks. I mean, that it's a tough road for the Steelers. And I... You know, I'm I'm always the underdog, and I've I've never I, I always say that I become like a pseudo Pittsburgh fan for all of their sports because when you I mean, when you live in a city for four years, it's kind of hard not to. Um, but I've always said that I would become a massive fan of Pittsburgh Steelers when Ben was gone because I've never really been a big fan of Ben. So I will, you know, I as a Bills fan, seeing two AFC teams and the Jets and the Steelers start zero and two and lose their quarterbacks was kind of like ooh. We have a better chance of making the playoffs now. But just as a fan of the sport in general, I would love to see Pittsburgh bounce back from this. So we'll definitely have to, to see what happens there. But Exactly. And then as obviously, like as a fan, you always want your team to make your playoffs. But I, I kind of got a, a taste of the disappointment last year when they really should have really should have pushed through to the end of the season and yeah. didn't quite finish that out. So I, if, if your third-round quarterback comes in and has a solid 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, season – get some reps, and Big Ben comes back next year, 
people who've got a lot of time together and young players with more experience in defense that's hopefully going to be more pieced together after the addition of Devin Bush and Minka Fitzpatrick this season. You know, it's looking forward to the next season, but it's understanding that they, they can still, still make a solid push. And what's important to remember is that Mike Tomlin doesn't have a single lose season on his entire career. It's true. I mean, the, so, the guy that's, that's is one of the more impressive stats. Still there, buddy? We're, we're glad he's still around, even though okay. uh, some people in Pittsburgh are always trying to kick him out. Nah, he's a hell of a coach. All right, so let's go to our final questions here. Now, whenever we have a show, for those of you who haven't listened, you heard earlier with Mike, we always make our guests pick our team's games and their team's games. So I made the executive decision earlier that we're not going to put guests or Josh through picking Miami games this year because I don't want to hear 15 people say the Miami Dolphins lose. So we're going to go with his other team, the Green Bay Packers. So the three games we're going to pick here are Green Bay, Denver, Dallas at Miami, ironically, and then Buffalo at Cincinnati. Now, we normally do scores. You don't have to if you don't feel like it. But let's go to the first game, Green Bay visiting the Denver Broncos. Who you got? You know, the... uh... The Green Bay's been involved in two relatively close games, considering the uh, high-powered offense that should be behind Aaron Rodgers. Um, but you look at last week, uh, and correct me, I might be wrong here, did, did the Broncos pull off the win over the Bears at the end, or was it the other way around? It was the other way around, but it's funny that you say that because like Denver went for the two, finally got the two, went up by one, and Mitch drove him down for a last-second field goal as time expired and won. So That's right. Denver almost won. <laughs> Well, you look at uh, the Denver defense, which is supposed to be kind of the bread and butter. Their offense is a little bit in transition at this this season. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco is not exactly the the quarterback he used to be. Right. Um, and the defense has not lived up to a Vic Fangio-led It has defense. not. It has not. So I, I really see them having a hard time. Aaron Rodgers, is, I imagine, is finally going to hit a stride in their game of the season. Yeah. And hopefully start putting up the numbers that I want my starting fantasy quarterback to start <laughs> Awesome. I love it. Um, but, you know, I, I really think they're going to come out. The defense has been pretty strong. Yeah. An above-average defense is going to give a Denver offense some struggles. I agree and with that. The, uh, the Packers season is start the season. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's with a 28-10 uh, kind of affair. You know what's Green Bay. hysterical is that Mike said 27-10 Green Bay. So I actually <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, all right. So we have 28-10 Green Bay on track, but we have Green Bay winning. So let's go down to Miami. The Dallas Cowboys are facing the Dolphins. And I'll say to you what I said to Mike. Just be kind. And pick this game. <laughs> You know, speaking of fantasy quarterbacks, actually, Zach Prescott's my other quarterback, and uh, he's really, really <laughs> been putting up good, good passing yards and great yep. completion. He's yep. above eighty percent on the year. Yeah, and he's got seven touchdowns and one pick. So, which is anybody? I mean, obviously, like anyone above percent pass completion is is doing pretty well. Yep. So to have somebody completing eighty percent, it's absurd. Games, it's absurd. It's just unreal, and, and they just traded away their best defensive player huh. to the Steelers. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm someone thirties to nothing or thirties to seven <laughs> to be expected. I'd imagine. Okay. And I think that's, that's that's nice. Here we'll say we'll say we'll give them seven. We'll give Miami a score. How about that? 
Uh, we'll the real see. game pick on this should be if they throw Josh Rosen partway through the game when they realize exactly how bad he's going to lose. Yeah, like they have the first two weeks, and then I feel so bad for Rosen. He just gets thrown in at every game, and it's like, okay, good luck. The kind has never played with talent. It's so sad. Anyway, let's move on to Buffalo's home owner, or home opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. We're two and zero. You know, the Jets and the Giants aren't necessarily the best teams, but you got to play. You got to win the games that you play, and you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. So we're two and zero, and we're facing Cincinnati. You know, this is a a great momentum builder to the start of the season for for the Bills. the The Giants are probably the second worst team in the league this year, and then the Jets, even you know Sam Donald down, are a little bit better. And the Bengals are probably just a little bit a little step above the Jets. So it's <laughs> a nice little increase to get the season start, get everybody on the right page. Um, and as much as I want to pick the Bengals just to spite you, uh, <laughs> it is their home center. And uh, having looked at this one, I can attest to how determined and crazy the Bills fans are. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be hard for a Cincinnati team that isn't terribly strong this year offensively or defensively. And I believe A.J. Green is still out. Yeah, AJ. they actually came um, out today saying they think A.J. is going to be out a lot longer than they initially thought, which is just sad. Yeah, so I, I, um, I've got the Bills here. Nothing too crazy. I'm going to go um, 21 to 13. Okay, okay, Bills that's fair. season 3-0. Yeah, and I, I said this because when Mike picked this game too, he also picked Buffalo. And I, I said this to Mike. I said, you know, I'm going to look ahead because I'm a fan. The Bills aren't going to because they're smart and they're well coached. But – I'm looking at this game as you have to win this game because you have to be 3-0 and and confident when you have New England marching into your your field the next week. Because week four, we have the Pats coming into Buffalo. And it'll be crazy if it's two 3-0 teams fighting for the lead. And I said, you know, I, I would love us to win, but I'm not expecting it to happen. I just want us to have it a close game so we can say, hey, we can play with these guys. So Exactly. I'm... I'm- Excited for you guys. I think that's going to be a good for the Yeah. All right, Drew. It's been a pleasure having you on. I'm glad we finally had you. And hopefully we can have you on later in the season. And hopefully it's to say, hey, look how good the Steelers have been. Uh, but uh, not, we're really... to, uh, yeah, not so... to interrupt you, but are, are we going to talk about the Steelers-Niners game as well? Or, uh... the, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. I messed up. Look at that. The host is terrible. That's right. We got to pick your team's game too. Uh, let's pick your team's game, man. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I I think it'll be closer than than most would think, but uh, the 49ers are hot. So talk to me. You know, I, I really don't see the the Steelers coming out with a win this week. Um, like you just said, the 49ers have been shocking people coming out two and zero to start the season. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing great. Uh, the defense is much improved, even with Nick Bosa still out. Um, and for the Steelers to come in with their, their new quarterback, who is, is hopefully going to look good, but uh, Richard Sherman, I imagine, is going to do a pretty good shutdown job on Juju, and there isn't a ton of receiving depth yeah. behind him at the moment. They're still trying to kind of figure out their second option. Um, and it's looking like Vance McDonald is questionable. Joe Hayden at cornerback is questionable. Uh, another outside line, starting outside linebacker is questionable. It's just uh, it doesn't seem like the right week for the Steelers to come into San Francisco and steal a win yeah. when they started off pretty hot themselves. Yeah. Ugh, I'm just that makes me so sad. 
<laughs> well, Josh picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the division before all this stuff went down, but uh, ugh, yikes. Yeah, I, I think I do think 49ers win, but again, this is one of those games where I wouldn't be shocked if you know they throw Mason in there, he galvanizes the unit, everybody rallies behind this kid, and he finds that connection with his old Oklahoma State teammate, James Washington, and they either win or just like it's a shootout between these two teams. I wouldn't be shocked at all. You know, and you know, there's there's still definitely a possibility. And Mike Tomlin is still Mike Tomlin. There's still a lot of experience on the offensive line. Uh, and you're right. Uh, we were just talking about wide receiver depth. The connection between James Washington and Mason Rudolph, I'm yeah. sure, will really help James Washington elevate his game and give yeah. uh, Rudolph a little bit of comfortability with someone yeah. that he's familiar throwing to. Absolutely. So there's always a chance there, and they're fighting. I just uh, can't bring myself to pick them to win. In San Francisco. I appreciate, I, I really, really, truly respect and appreciate the the non-bias pick there. Uh, and I also appreciate you saving me from screwing up the entire podcast. <laughs> but now I'm going to thank you for being on the podcast, my friend. It's been a pleasure. And again, I, I hope to have you on again later. And I hope it's for good reasons, not for, wow, when the Steelers win a game, they're 0-9. It's okay, the Bills Ouch. will be. The Hopefully Bill- we're, we're not... We're not talking because of yeah. that. <laughs> all right, my friend. It's been great having you on, all right? You take care. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Yep. All righty. Great interview with my buddy, Drew Campbell-Amberg from Pittsburgh. Actually, he's in New York right now, being the fabulous actor, singer, and performer that he is. And I miss you a lot, buddy. Glad that we had you on. You know, I, I got to say, out of all... All my concerns for this episode, my biggest was that I wasn't be able to fill enough time. And look, here we are, an hour and a half. So we're going to wrap it up here. Just got some some shout-outs to give real quick. I do want to give a shout-out to... I've been listening to a new podcast. It's called The Potterless Podcast. I'm sure some of you have listened to it. And it's really, really cool. And I actually... like I've, I've, it's, it's, it's about this guy... His name's Mike Schubert, and he is reading the Harry Potter series for the first time. And I believe that he's done with it now, uh, and they're doing sort of look-back episodes. But as a huge Harry Potter fan that I am, I've breezed through the episodes that go through all the first four books so far. It's just really funny to hear somebody talk about it. You know what's happening, but then they also feel totally different about you. It's really cool. But also, two people said that Prisoner of Azkaban is their favorite, and I, in, in the podcast, they talk about how it's no, it's everybody's favorite that he's talked to, but I was like, I never heard somebody say it's their favorite, and I'm pumped about that because it's my favorite. So yeah, check out the Potterless Podcast. Check out the Pocket Podcast Network, which also has a Harry Potter podcast that's not a Harry Potter podcast. It's called the Sorted Podcast, where they sort different things and people and etc. into the Hogwarts houses. And check out other pockets and podcasts. Josh should never allow me to do an episode by myself. I'm really terrible. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to finish this off. I am going to do a friend's fortune. But first, I do want to tell everybody, please, 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 this is something that we're going to try to push, Josh and I. Not only like and comment and, and things like that, but please, it takes maybe 10 seconds. It could even be, this is good, or whatever it is, or 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 not great if you don't like us it doesn't matter it's just as long as you leave a review please 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 try to go on to apple Podcasts. it's the app on your phone and you can do it both on your phone and you can go to itunes 
on your computer as well and just leave a review that we're really trying to expand our viewership because we think the product that we have is pretty solid and we have heard nothing but good things from it and we would like to have just a little bit of a bigger audience so if you please could you know help us with liking and sharing and commenting and, and submitting questions and and asking to be on the show things like that those are all very helpful but what would be super helpful to help our podcast be found better is if you go on apple podcast and just leave a review it could be a really short one it could be a long one it could be good it could be bad it doesn't matter as long as we get um a bunch of, of reviews the podcast will only grow and then we can do things like get better equipment and you know get better tech and things like that so we would really appreciate that but without further ado let's do a friend's fortune all right friend's fortune for week three this is pretty awesome and i do want to say i don't know if there is an nfl record for this but i think that we are gonna have five games this this week five that are within a field goal. That means that three points are less. For those of you who don't know how many field points a field goal are. <laughs> um, but we're going to have five games that are three points or less. I'm not going to tell you the whole five games. But I just think that this is going to be a really, really close week of football. There's going to be a lot of games that are going to be very tight. And I expect it to be one of the best weeks of football that we have. So I'm going to say, Fred's fortune, five games this week will be three points or less. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Simultaneous Catch. Make sure you like, comment, and share. We're at Simult Catch on Twitter, Simultaneous Catch on Facebook, and check us out Simultaneous Catch on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please leave those reviews. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.